Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Hey, we just want to say thank you for making this message a part of your week. Our prayer is that these messages will inspire you to make the name of Jesus famous in your life and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we'd love for you to visit our tribe fam in person. To learn more about us, you can find us online or at Facebook by searching tribejh.com. Let's just open up our Bibles and get right into the content that we have for today. In just a moment, we're going to be turning to Psalms 84, but I want to give you a quick uh, uh, background on how I ended up in Psalms 84 this week. We had a really awesome Bible study here on Tuesday at the TMC. During that Bible study, the, the theme while we were looking at a Bible project video and the theme was living water. And so we got such great stuff out of the theme of living water throughout the scripture. The Bible talks about streams or springs of living water. In the Old Testament, they were often like actual physical wells or springs. In the New Testament, we see that those things that were in the Old Testament are still for us today, but in terms of spiritual life-giving nourishment. And I really love the Bible study that we had on Tuesday. And if you are only able to join us uh, online, we're looking at being able to uh, broadcast those Bible studies uh, live. And so... Uh, so stay tuned on that because we, we want you to be a part of everything that we do here at Tribe to the very best extent that you're able to. And so that's a little bit of background of, of where we were. All week I've just been chewing on and meditating this on this idea of rivers of living waters and these springs of refreshment that God has intended to well up to be a source of, of refreshing and nourishing and strength for us. And so that's what has led us to Psalms 84 today. So why don't we jump right into the text and see what God's word has to say in Psalms 84. We're going to look at just a couple of verses, verses 5 through 7, Psalms 84, 5 through 7. I'll read these and you can follow along in your Bible, all right? <clears throat> what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of Baca, or weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessing. And verse 7, they will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. Oh, if you have not underlined those verses in your Bible, underline those verses in your Bible. Put a, put a big highlight around them. I, I took, in my Bible, I don't know that you'll actually be able to see this or not, but I put brackets and two stars here to help draw my eyes so that I can find it again and again because these are such incredible verses to meditate on. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write at the top of your notes the title of this morning's message, Strength in the Valley. That's what we're going to talk about today, Strength in the Valley. And I want to unpack several 
aspects to these few verses before uh, we, we really get into what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart to, to share with you. So here are just a couple of preliminary observations. Notice that verse says in verse 6, when they walk through the valley of weeping. So one of the things that I notice is that it does not, the text does not say if you go through the valley of weeping, but it says when. In the Bible, throughout the different genres of literature, valleys are often metaphors for places of, of darkness, places of difficulty, places of loneliness, Similar to deserts, valleys often represent places where there can be uh, uh, fear, you can be frightened, because when you're in a valley surrounded by mountains, all of your enemies have the high ground and you have to creep along, you feel low through valleys. And that's exactly the intended implication here in Psalms. And it says, not if, but when you go through valleys. All of us go through valleys. And so that means that all of us can relate to this. Another observation that I see just really quickly is, is valleys aren't pleasant. The name of this specific valley is called Baca or weeping. And the root word, that, that root Hebrew word for Baca is actually a Oh, what's that word? Um, automatopoeia, where the word sounds like what it's describing. Does that sound right to you guys? Automatopoeia, uh, like bark for like a dog. Bark, bark, or cluck like a chicken. Cluck, cluck. So in Hebrew, that word baka, would the, a Hebrew reader would understand that word as like tears, just tears, tears falling from a person's face when you go through the valley of weeping. Here's, a, here's a, just a, another observation is valleys can be places where a person can grow stronger. Hmm. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. And they can be places where a person can find great joy. The last place you might think to look where you can find joy could actually be in a valley? Well, we gotta see what, what God's word says. Maybe today you're watching the live stream and you find yourself walking through the midst of a valley. Maybe you've even camped out in this valley. I don't know what could be going on in, in your life, but I know that for me in my life, there have been many seasons where I've walked through valleys. Valleys where it seemed like I was all alone. Valleys where it seemed like circumstances around me were very intimidating to me. Valleys of loneliness or valleys of weeping. And if, maybe today, everything's going great in your life. Woohoo, good for you. Maybe you're on a mountaintop right now and not down in a valley. Well, God's word says right here, when. And so this message is also for you who find yourselves on a mountaintop because the truth is it's not going to be long before you find yourself back in a valley. And God wants to equip us. He wants to minister to us. He wants to strengthen us in these 
valleys so that as we walk through them, we can be triumphant. So that when we walk through them, we can know that God is up to something and not like an immature baby Christian that the moment we find ourselves in a valley, we go, oh no, where's God? Where's God? Oh. But here's the question. So how do I find strength in the valley? And that's what I want to share with you, just three really quick principles Three really quick things that that you can do that the scripture tells us so that you will be able to find strength, even though when it seems like your strength is gone in the valley, you'll be able to find strength in the valley. And I'll put these up on, on the screen here. Number one, you need to know your source. Let's look at what verse five says. The Bible says in verse five, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Now, how would you in your life fill in that blank? Whose strength comes from, fill in the blank there. Does your strength come from your your own fierce independence? Does your strength come from um, maybe like, like, when you when you are having a, a time of difficulty and you're like, I just need to escape, and you run to the fridge for beer or wine or alcohol, do you do you run to the Amazon shopping cart? Click 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 click. Where is it that your strength comes from? So to answer that question, how do I find strength in the valley? Number one, you need to know your source. Is the God of the Bible, is cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, is that your source of strength? So number one, you got to know your source. Number two, you got to build a highway of intimacy. Wait, what are you talking about? You have to build a highway of intimacy. This is just what the text says. That's all I'm reading to you. But, but I understand you might be a little bit confused. Verse 5, they set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. That phrase is actually pretty difficult to translate from Hebrew into English and have the same meaning as the author intended by the time it gets to English. Does that make sense? So, in your, and I read from the New Living Translation, when it says, <clears throat> they set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Well, how does that connect with build a highway to intimacy? Well, when you dig into the original Hebrew language in which Psalms 84 was written, you'll see that that word is to construct a highway, a raised, elevated not just a path, not just like a game trail or a footpath or even a sidewalk, but the idea is that it is a, a elevated above the normal ground and it is wide and it is straight and it dir- leads directly in the direction of the intended purpose of the road. Are, is, that, is that sinking in? Build a highway to intimacy. They set their minds, okay, that's building that highway. 
And then they travel along that highway, pilgrimage, to Jerusalem. Well, who's it, who, what's in Jerusalem? The temple. Who's in the temple? The Lord. Now, that's Old Testament theology. If you wanted a word from the Lord, if you wanted to, to meet with the Lord, you either had to go roam all over the countryside of Israel looking for one of the prophets of Israel, or you went to Jerusalem. You go to Jerusalem to meet with the Lord. So in verse 5, when it says, they set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, what the author intends for us to understand is that we are to build a highway of intimacy with the Lord. We don't need to build a highway actually to Jerusalem. Well, we, we have them. Drive here to your local airport, get on a plane, land in Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv, and then take another road. You can go right to Jerusalem. Isn't obvious? I know that you know. I don't mean literally. But this is, oh, I just, I wish I could like download to you the, the image that I want you to have in your mind when you hear this verse. Do you, have you made a highway in your heart to the Lord when you go through valleys of difficulty or valleys of loneliness, maybe valleys of gloominess and depression? Or, here's what a lot of people do, they make highways, elevated pathways to distraction. Oh, I, I, I don't want to deal with that. It's, it's too much. And so they have their go-to distraction or their go-to thing that uh, anesthetizes or masks the pain. What have you built a highway to? When you find yourself in the valley, First thing you want to do is get on a highway and get through that valley. But where does your highway lead to? The Bible tells us in Psalms 84 verse 5, it says, For those, for they set their minds on a pilgrimage to travel along an elevated path highway to Jerusalem. Intimacy, close proximity, connection with the Lord. So how do I find strength in the valleys? Number one, you gotta know the source. Number two, you gotta build a highway to intimacy. And then here's the third thing. You have to look for springs of refreshing. Look at what verse six says. When they walk through the valley of Baca or weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. How amazing is God? He knows our human condition. He knows our propensity to build highways that will lead us to distraction or diversion or uh, amusement instead of making it through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, the valley of difficulty and opposition without building intimacy with him. And that's why he tells us, build that highway of intimacy to me, not to some other things. And he says this, I will always put springs along the way whenever you find yourself in the valley. You just have to look for them. 
A lot of people find themselves in a valley alone, maybe, maybe depressed, maybe uh, intimidate, maybe circumstances around you, maybe it's financial bills towering over your head. There's no escape to the right, no escape to the left. Oh no, you find yourself in a valley. But God in his goodness will always place a spring of refreshing so that in the midst of that valley, you can be refreshed. This is not going to be on the screen, but you can write this down in your notes. God has placed a spring of refreshing in every valley of weeping. Wait, what was that? Say it one more time. Okay, I will. God has placed a spring of refreshing in every valley of weeping. So know your source. Where do I go to when I find myself in the midst of a valley? You've got to go to God. Number two, you need to have a well-traveled, established pathway of intimacy with the Lord. Lord, I'm finding myself in a valley instead of just trying to escape or anesthetize or just camp out and give up. No, I'm going to travel along the pathway that I've built towards intimacy with you. And I'm going to look for and have an expectation that even in the midst of this valley, as much as I want you, God, to take your hands and just squash the mountains that are surrounding me so that it can all be level and plain. I know that you're powerful and that you could, but here's what you've done instead. As I walk through these valleys, you've placed a spring of refreshment. All I have to do is look for that spring of refreshment. What does that refreshment actually taste like? I'm kind of off the, off the script here, but I'm trying to uh, anticipate maybe a question that could be in your mind. What is that? What does the water of that spring taste like? It is a refreshing spring of God's character. What we want is his actions and his deeds. We want him to do something, fix it, get us out of here. But it's in those valleys where we find springs of refreshment where we actually get to learn about who he is, not necessarily what he does. And it's these, these small little springs, not necessarily a geyser or a huge river, but these springs of understanding, coming to understand his nature and his character. Like when Jesus said, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And then he left. Well, wait, what I want him to do is to be here physically with me to fix things. But he says, it's better for you that I go so that you can learn about me through the person of the Holy Spirit and have him operate in and through your life. These springs of refreshment are in every valley of weeping. Okay, so once we've identified the source, once we've carefully constructed, which may means we need to block off some old trails 
that we were used to traveling so that we can divert our energy to walking down this highway of intimacy with the Lord. And we're training ourselves to be on the lookout in the midst of this crappy situation. God, I know that there's a spring of refreshment here somewhere and you're looking for those spring of refreshment and you, you find yourself at a spring of refreshment in the valley. Oh, what are the results? What are the results? Just from this passage here, let me just share a couple things with you really quickly. Verse five, it talks about joy. That we're able to have joy that wells up within us. Nobody's happy when they're in a valley and God wouldn't expect you to be. Uh, be happy. But on the contrary, despite circumstances, because joy doesn't have anything to do with circumstances. When we press into that relationship with, with the Lord, when we find ourselves in a valley, one of the byproducts is going to be joy. It tells us this in verse 5. Verse 6, it says that we will be refreshed. And then in several places, like in verse 7, it says that we will grow stronger. We all want to grow stronger in our relationship with the Lord. But very few of us are willing to walk through dark and lonely, misunderstood valleys in order to grow stronger. Does that make sense? Let me put it to you this way. Wouldn't it be great if you could just like grow stronger, like, like you know, get that summer 2021 beach bod in full effect without having to exercise or go to the gym. Wouldn't that be awesome? But the Bible says that it is in the valley of Baca that there's an opportunity for a person to grow stronger. And then one last one. I saved the best for last. It's in that valley of weeping where we can have a transformative encounter with the Lord. Look what verse 7 says. Each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. How amazing is that? When you appear before God and you go to Jerusalem in the Old Testament, you're having an encounter with Him. And no encounter with God will ever leave a person the same way before they met Him. Every time we meet God in a small way or a large way, our life is transformed in some measure. And so what if I started, I actually thought about starting the sermon with this as I begin to land the plane. I actually thought about starting the, the sermon with, hey, how many of you would like an increased measure of joy, refreshing, growth, growing stronger, and encounter with the Lord? You'd be like, yeah, who, woo, sign me up. I'm like, all right, point me in the direction. Very good. All you have to do is go through the valley of weeping. Huh? We love the mountaintop experiences, and they're great. They're awesome. But our lives have valleys too. It's how you conduct yourself in the valley that makes all of the difference. Is what I'm saying making sense to you guys today? I know we're not going to go long. I just, I, let me just share one final thought with you, and then we'll land the plane here. Did you know that this verse, these few verses in Psalms 84, it was written to the people of the Old Testament 
It's for us today, but there's also going to be a future prophetic fulfillment of this verse. Wait, what, what? Listen, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessing and they will continue to grow stronger. Each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. As soon as I read that, each of them, uh, I saw this, appear before God in Jerusalem, my, my mind went right to Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. T turn there real quick. I'm not gonna put that verse up on the screen, but uh, turn to Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. Let's, let's look really quickly at this as we land the plane. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all of the peoples of the earth. So I see one condition, deep mourning of all the people of the earth they, as they go through the valley of weeping, but I, I'm going to explain that in a moment. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. There's that part of meeting with God in Jerusalem. Now let's let's put this let's put a little bit of context to Matthew chapter 24 so that I'm not taking uh, a text and its meaning um, out of the greater context and intended meaning of the author. Right? You always got to be careful. It says that there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. So we know from the verses in Matthew, what is it, Matthew 24, maybe starting in uh, uh, verse 3 and 4, that Jesus begins to talk about the days to come. And he, calls, he describes them as birth pains, tribulation, and then great tribulation. He kind of divides it up into to two, to two or three categories. When a, when a Christian in the days to come finds themselves in the valley of weeping with with mounting social pressure with mounting pressure like we read about in in revelation where there's a one world government and a one world religion that demands allegiance to a the false prophet worshiping a false god and that that power system has even taken control of global governments and global financial systems can you imagine that us as christians who place our allegiance and our faith in Jesus Christ, can you imagine the steep walls of the valley that we will find ourselves in someday? There is a future prophetic fulfillment of this verse that says, as Christians, well, the whole world will go through a deep valley of weeping. But only those who know how to find strength in the valley will be able to, even though there might be tears of weeping, we know what's coming. Then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there'll be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. When Jesus returns, there will be some who have learned how to find strength in the valley. They've learned to know who their source is. They've built highways of intimacy with the Lord. They've looked for those springs of refreshing so that they can be refreshed. 
even in the midst of tears and mourning. And then there'll be others, many around the globe on planet Earth. When he returns, their mourning will be that of anguish and finally realizing, oh my gosh, I have, I have mocked God. I've distanced myself from God. I found myself in the valley, but I didn't turn to the Lord. Oh, and then they're mourning with realization and regret. But those of us who've learned how to strengthen ourselves in the valley will be able to look forward with eagerness to the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory now. Oh, tribe fam, I really want you to, to grasp to, as my friends from the South say, grab a hold of this principle of finding strength in the valley because it's going to suit you well if you're in a valley, it's going to suit you well for the valley that you might find yourself in this coming week. And it's certainly going to suit you well when you build this principle of finding strength in the valley into your life now before the valley walls are too deep. Because we know what's coming. And I just want you to be prepared. I want you to be equipped. I don't want you to be fearful or frightened of valleys. But I just want you to be equipped so that you can find strength the next time that you're in a valley. All right? Let me just pray for you for just a moment, and then we'll receive tithes and offerings. We have just a couple quick announcements, and then we'll get out of here for the day. But before I pray for you, I want to be still for just a moment. And I know I wish Lissy could be here and tinkle away on the keyboards but with her little fingers, but... <clears throat> You're just going to have to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit as we sit still for just a moment. Lord, just come and speak to us about this idea and this principle of finding strength in the valley. Thank you, Lord. Father, my prayer for our tribe fam is that you would I, I don't know, just in, in each person's imagination, would you unfold a roadmap in front of them to see the highways that they have constructed, their escape route, so to speak, whenever they find themselves in a valley? Are there some highways that need to be abandoned, blocked off? Lord, we want to come to you and acknowledge you as the source. And we want to build a highway of intimacy with you, Lord. The path of least resistance. Help us to remove any stones, maybe, maybe construct new lengths of highway so it can lead straight to your heart, Lord. And then, Father, I ask that you would help us to keep our eagle eyes open to be able to see where you have placed springs of refreshment. They may come in the form of a, a church family. They may come in the form of uh, a brother or sister in the Lord that comes to encourage us, to refresh us. It may be in a time of worship and intimacy. Lord, highlight to your people that might find themselves currently in a valley, 
where you have placed that spring of refreshment. We ask that you would help us to drink deeply from that spring. Oh, Father, your goal is to equip your tribe fam so that they can find strength in the valley. Now, I'm about to say amen, but I have a feeling that the Holy Spirit would still like to do some work in your heart. Maybe he might even need to set up some traffic cones and block off uh, old pathways so that new pathways can be built. Oh, and I just feel so strongly impressed to say, and, I, and I, I've said this in, in our live services, but uh, I, at the risk of you thinking that I'm beginning to sound more and more like Chicken Little who runs around saying, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. I just sense so strongly that in the days ahead, we will all find ourselves in deep, dark valleys. And in that moment is not the time to build, to construct a highway of intimacy with the Lord. It is now. The time is now to do that. To help impress that urgency on us, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.